Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Man, I am getting ready for Dallas. It's like every day like something happens at the office or we talk about something or we have a meeting yeah. about the, the convention. And it's just like the anticipation is there, Amy. It's palpable. I can feel it. It really is. We have uh, we have some deadlines we're working on uh, on ads and and things. Have one that's uh, being sent off today, and so it's just constant, uh, just constant conversation and thinking about okay, where's this going to run? Where's this going to be? And so it's just convention all the time. Yep, I'm starting to set up meetings. And I've uh, got different things going on at the at the SBC annual meeting in Dallas in June. So I, it just the schedule starting to fill up, the uh, the the starting to click off the check boxes, you know, of things to get ready. Like you mentioned, you know, you get ads and different things. I know I don't do ads and stuff, but we're helping with the uh, the books and all the giveaways that Lifeway gives away at different events. So starting to talk about those and where they're going to be and yes. who's getting what and trying not to duplicate resources so everybody walks home with 15 copies of Eschatological Discipleship from Trevin Wax, which I'm sure Trevin would appreciate, but Oh yeah, everybody but else you got to think like, strategically. Yeah, yes. we got we got to be we got to be strategic. We got to we got to spread the love a little bit, not give everybody the same book every time. That's right. So, um, one of those kind of things. Yeah, okay, so I was doing some research Trying to look because we get there so early and we've got the kids uh, that there's a little bit of time on the front end once we've done what we need to do in the exhibit hall. So I was trying to find maybe something we could do with the kids. And I found something very interesting in Dallas, which once I researched it, I want you to know the Whitfields will not be doing this. But um, but I wanted to throw it out uh, to you. And to the listeners that I would be very impressed if anyone goes and does this. So it's called Zero Gravity Amusement Park. It's got five different attractions. And you pay your ticket depends on which attractions you do. So it has um, bungee jumping, seven stories. Whoa. It has the Sky Coaster, which is that thing where they like strap you up, like three people, I think, and they... Pull the okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Pull the way back, and then you kind of fly through the air. Yeah. They have something called the Texas Blast Off, where you're in this seat, and then they shoot you up at okay. seventy yeah. miles an hour. Another thing where uh, it's called skyscraper, and you hit four G's, and then I've never seen this before on anything. It's called nothing but net. They have this net, and you do a sixteen-story free fall. Nope. <laughs> So I was, I really was looking at Dallas attractions and I saw, oh, zero gravity thrill park. I thought, I mean, I'm thinking of this like galaxy fun park that we have in Wake Forest that has go-karts and stuff like that. Not the same. And, and I, went, I went and looked at it <laughs> and thought, I'm not even going to show this to my kid on the chance that he might actually want to do it. Um, but the free fall is like, you should go to this site because just even the video is amazing. They have you in this little, uh, you're sitting in this kind of seat or whatever strapped in and then they lower you below and then they, so you're kind of backwards, you're on your back and then they just unhook you and you just drop into oh, this net man. No. and the people scream. So yes. If, yes, they do. if we have any listeners that are really into like some, the thrill rides 
uh, go and send us pictures and videos. Okay, so I, I do have one issue with the name, is that everything you mentioned is like the very definition of gravity. So Fair point. It's like the Zero Gravity Fun Park, where everything involves where everything being pulled to the fall. ground by gravity. Yes. <laughs> it should be the Gravity Fun Park. It should be the Gravity Fun Park. And yeah, because it really that's should. how fun gravity can be. Yeah. So, but I'll wow. put this. I'll, I'll I'll drop it in the show notes just so people can check it out. Um, and uh, we'll see if we got any takers. Oh man, coming to Dallas? Not me. I wonder if anyone from Southern will go because uh, located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. Nice segue. Maybe Dr. Moeller could celebrate his uh, quinquennial uh, at that. I'm, I, I am certain that he is, is not interested in that. <laughs> you don't know. He could be. I, I feel pretty certain. I feel pretty certain that we will not see him there. Maybe he, he's got a grandkid now. So, you know, he may no. do things like that these days. I do. I don't see it. You don't see. Don't you see don't see it. him taking Katie and the, the grandson to the. I no. I okay. he I, I he's not gonna. Yeah. No. Okay. I but doubt I'll that. tell you for sure he's not going. It's me. But it would okay. be interesting to know if anyone in town for the Southern Baptist Convention goes to this. I, I do know where Doctor Moeller will go. He will go to El Phoenix while he's there. What's that? Tex Mex. Oh, okay. He tweets about it all the time when he's in Dallas. So well, maybe I should try that. I know that he's a fan of that. Joe T. Garcia's is my favorite, but we'll talk. We'll talk Dallas food at another point sometime. Yes. So, all right. Let's jump into this, Amy. We have uh, names for the boards, the nominees for our trustees for the executive committee, the boards, commission, seminaries, and the committee on order of business were announced this week. Got a few friends of the pod on here. Yes. Yes, we do. All right, so the executive committee has 10 new trustees that, that will be named. That's Phyllis Ingram, Neil Hughes, John Lucas, Dan Lanier, James Green, David Becker, Chris Dickerson, Chuck Williams, Alton Fannin, and Philip Robertson. Guidestone has six new trustees to be named to uh, their board. Deanna Hames, Tim Huddleston, Damian Serencioni, James Scrivener, Gary Stooksbury, and Chris Kelly. Uh, the IMB has eight new trustees, Joyce Chambers, Chris Wall, John McCullough, Alan Brumbach, Doug Melton, Gary Hedger, Trudy Crittenden, and Carolyn Pfeiffer. North American Mission Board has eight nominees for their new trustee spots, Brian Nall, Gavin Spiney, Tommy Mitchell, Bill Wright, Willie Rice from uh, Calvary Baptist, who I'll be interviewing on the CP stage at the annual meeting, Bill Coffey, Joe Youngblood, John Jarbo. Lifeway has seven new nominees, Ben Posey, Dean Register, uh, Chad Keck, a good friend of the pod, uh, yeah. Cynthia Cook, Jacob Fitzgerald, Curtis Clark, and Randy Smith. Uh, Randy came on kind of as an interim trustee and is going to be on as a full-time uh, if uh, un- if approved. ERLC has four new nominees, Scott Foshi, Christine Hoover, uh, Richard Bott, and Kevin Smith. Uh, Southern Seminary, uh, a couple of these seminaries only have one new trustee, including yours, Amy. Uh, one yeah. nominee, Southern has Brad Rushing, Southwestern has Don Reeves, and Southeastern has Zach Little. So only one spot open on those, which is odd because Midwestern's got five. Courtney Dempsey, Michael Jeffries, Larry Lewis, Edward Maddox, and Billy Van Devender. And in New Orleans only has, or New Orleans has seven. 
open spots. Braden Mims, Sam Crouch, Stephen Shinnerwork, Eddie Wren, Steve Horn, and Waylon Bailey, and Josh Carter. And then Gateway, they've got 10 openings. Wallace wow. Deshaun, James Futrell, that's Jim Futrell, who's the executive director of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. Uh, right. David Hill, Marsha Gray, Myron Person, Bob Bender, Lance Rogers, Kevin Scott, Carol Jang, and Barbara Smith. And then on the Committee on Order of Business, the nominee for that is the one and only Dr. Adam W. Greenway, the Dean of the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Good and friend good friend of the pod. pod. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the list. It is interesting how it breaks down every year and how the rotations work, especially, you know, you have these boards that don't have as many um, as some, some others. And that's because of representation sort of laid out in the bylaws. You remember we've talked about this, that when states reach a certain number, they have representation on the executive committee and then on the mission boards. And so that's one reason that some boards are are bigger than others. But also just seeing the years, it is interesting how, you know, our board just has one coming and then uh, Southern just one, you know, th- but then you have others that yeah. have eight yeah, or ten. Got ten. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. It's how it all falls. Really strange. So anyway, uh, those are the trustee nominations. These will be brought to the floor of the Southern Baptist Convention for approval. Uh, There will also likely be a few changes here and there because uh, we inevitably have people either drop out uh, as a trustee and be replaced kind of last minute because of the move or something happens or or something comes up, you know, life event where they they have to resign their trusteeship. It happens every year. Uh, they, it they does, have, and, and they have and started designating they, those yes. uh, those replacements. So there's like a window. We have to have these so people can quote unquote approve them uh, and research them if there's any issues. Uh, and we we have that kind of every year. But uh, you know there will be some that are last minute, and they will be denoted in the daily bulletin as such. So there will be right. a few changes here and there to the slate, more than likely, probably more additions than changes. Uh, but uh, you can. Uh, look at those and vote on those at the annual meeting, which I hope uh, you'll be at, uh, not you, Amy, but everybody uh, that's listening will be at in June. Yes. And so it's, it's interesting. It always seems, it feels like a long list to kind of go through. And that's usually because, because, uh, it, is. because it is, but this is part of our process that the messengers uh, give their approval or make amendments to uh, this slate. The committee does a lot of hard work uh, throughout the year. And so we appreciate uh, their service. And so this is this is something we look for. We've got a few lists uh, yet to come uh, that we will see. Still waiting on the credentials committee, the tellers. And uh, I think that may be it. I believe so. Yeah. Credentials yes. and tellers. Those are those. Are, and those don't have a requirement for, you know, X number of days out or things like that. So. Right. And that's those, why those are, are appointed. A little bit later. Those yeah. are appointed by the president. They are not nominated. They're not approved. You know, there, there's no approval process. So it's just it's an announcement letting us know who will be serving in that uh, in that capacity. Yep. All right. Got a few Q&A's this week that came through Baptist Press, uh, the Baptist State Paper Editors. Uh, asked some questions of the presidential nominees, J.D. Greer and Ken Hemphill. Uh, both of those are in the show notes. Not really going to highlight those too much. Uh, they're, you know, same questions for each and uh, some different answers from each. So yeah. take a minute, go read those. Yes, and and here's what the one thing I want to encourage, and I know, it, honestly, if anyone is listening, the fact that they listen to a podcast about the Southern Baptist Convention means that 
they do uh, some work on their own to, to get involved. But this is just a good reminder for those we know. You know, every year there's usually some type of motion or discussion on the floor from people who want to know more about the nominees mm-hmm. uh, for president. And they either want to hear certain things in the nomination speeches or they want to uh, hear from the candidates themselves. They want to kind of impose some of those rules. And there are different reasons that uh, that 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 hasn't been put in place, uh, having more to do with just kind of general rules uh, of debate and how how much we put on people. Um but Baptist Press, along with a lot of other news outlets, really do uh, a lot of work to talk to these candidates, at least the ones who are announced beforehand. Obviously, you can up until 10 minutes before, you know, people can be nominated. But at least the ones that we know about. There are ways to learn about them, about their positions on things. Uh, that is an incredible opportunity for us before we go to Dallas to really, uh, to really read and, and help us make informed decisions when we cast our ballot. So, uh, we need to not only read these ourselves, but encourage others to read them, send them to people, um, get the word out that, that this information is out there. Yes. So we can know these candidates. Not only do we have interviews with both of the presidential candidates, we have an interview with the current SBC president, Steve Gaines. Very he also good. had an interview yes. in Baptist Press, so we're going to link to that one as well. So give all three of those interviews a read and uh, some interesting little nuggets in each one of those. So uh, I encourage you to check those out. All right, Amy, we have another announcement, probably the, the one I was expecting the most. Uh, John Yates right. to be renominated as SBC recording secretary for the 22nd consecutive year. 22 years. That's incredible. Yes, Bart Barber will be nominating him. His release, his statement was really had had a great sentence in there. He said, our annual meetings are the largest exercise of intercongregational polity in the world. The experience spans the gamut from boilerplate actions of formality to moments of breathtaking near chaos. That is a great sentence. Yep. And then he said, for it all to matter, we need someone to whom we can entrust the task of recording and publishing the fruit of our actions on the convention floor. Uh, the recording secretary is a very important job, uh, both for just legally getting everything down and also for history. I mean, the fact that we can go back and look um, to see what happened in the 19th century when the Southern Baptist Convention would meet uh, is because recording secretaries were doing uh, their work. And so it becomes very important that we can that we can look back and have a record. Uh, and so John Yates has been serving in this uh, capacity for a long time. And as you said, we anticipated this nomination would come uh, for him to do it again. Yes. This position is also an ex officio member of the executive committee, which means he has been on the executive committee for 22 straight years. Is that the longest? Is that the longest? I don't know if it's the longest or not, but I know that regular executive committee members can only be on there about eight to 10 years, depending on if they came on. Um, So he served at least twice of that and then some. Yeah, I bet he's really seen a lot. Yes, he has. And uh, he's participated in a lot as well over the 22 years that he served on this one committee uh, as a. You know, he's been a vice chairman, been chairman of the administrative committee and other things. So it hadn't been a passive 22 years. Um, he's been active for 22 years on the executive committee. So we'll, uh, we look forward to Bart's nomination of Dr. Yates at the annual meeting. 
speaking. I, so if Bart, if Bart is listening, I really want a sentence like that. He could even say that sentence. Yes, he could. He could. The experience spans the gamut from boilerplate actions of formality to moments of breathtaking near chaos. And when he says the last part, he should just like pick one person in the room and stare at them. <laughs> that may cause that chaos. We're, we're I think issuing we all know challenge. who you should stare at. We're issuing a challenge because this is um, it's a renomination, and and this not. I mean, this speech has been given twenty two times, I guess. Yeah. Or so, this will be the twenty second yeah. time. Yeah. So, so come up with something new, Bart. We're throwing the challenge to to Bart Barber to give us the greatest speech for John Yates for recording secretary that the SBC has ever heard. Yep. So there's only been 21 of them, Bart. So, I mean, you know, go back, watch some tape and, uh, and, and come prepared. So we're looking we're, forward to it. We're making this more about Bart than we are about Dr. Yates. Okay. Um, which is not fair, but anyway, all right. So speaking of the annual meeting, we've got, we've got a, um, we've got a, a program. We, we have a schedule now for the annual meeting and the pastor's conference. What do you want to do first, Amy? Um, Okay, let's cover the pastor's conference first because it, it happens goes first. first. There you yes. go. How about that? Yes. So the pastor's conference theme we know is fulfill your ministry. President H.B. Charles has selected these guys. On the Sunday night section, Juan Sanchez, James Merritt, and Tony Evans will be preaching at the pastor's conference. Yes. Then on Monday morning, uh, Brian Carter uh, from Concord Church in Dallas, Cam Triggs uh, from Grace Alive in Orlando, Florida, and Jack Graham from Prestonwood. And then Monday afternoon is Ray Pritchard, Frank Pomeroy, pastor at First Baptist Southern and Springs, uh, will be there, as well as Robert Smith. I know that's one of your favorites, Amy. Uh, I want to make it for that one. Uh, yeah. If you, it, okay, all listeners, if you go, if you can only go to one sermon, make it Robert Smith's. Yeah. I love to listen to Robert Smith. And, and then that night, David Watkins from First Baptist Pelham. And then Charlie Dates, who I have seen start getting a lot of uh, speaking engagements. I've seen him on a lot of a lot of conferences lately. I'm looking forward to that one. I want to see that one uh, because I've got a feeling that's going to be pretty awesome. And then capping it off, J.D. Greer from the Summit Church in Raleigh-Durham. There we go. All right. So that'll get us through Sunday, uh, Sunday night and all day Monday. Um Monday, I'm sure, will be a very busy day. Sunday is usually not as heavy because, first of all, we have crossover event happening at the same time. Yeah, that's going to be over at the AT&T Stadium. Right. And then and then also a lot of people are traveling on Sunday yeah, because they, they preached that morning mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But Monday is usually always a really big day. That's when the exhibit hall opens up. Um, and people are really catching up with each other um, before the business starts. And that starts on Tuesday morning at 8.15. Um, and usually at 8.15 on Tuesday morning, the crowd's not really heavy. But let's change that this year. Everybody get there at 8.15. I, I won't be there until like 8.50, so okay. Okay. I'll be I'm there sorry. at 8.15. Yes, you will. I've got to uh, interview Dr. Ezel on the CP stage okay. about Send Puerto Rico. So I'll be doing that at 8.30. So I will miss the first little bit. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, remember... <laughs> For most of our listeners out there, the first thing that we will do as a convention will be to uh, to actually uh, vote on and uh, approve this order of business. And so that will be at 838. Uh, the Committee on Order of Business will make their first report, and it will be to, to do this very thing. So um, 
So if you want to come in and take an action, 838, make sure you're there by that point. All right. The first report from an entity will be Guidestone at 915. And then you get the the motions, which are always a load of fun. You never know what's going to come from the introduction of new motions. We have 15 minutes for that. That really is my favorite part. Yeah, it it always is because that's that's the part you, of of all the things I think we do, that's the one thing we don't know what's coming. We pretty much know what's coming at every other point. But whenever somebody gets up there to offer a motion, there's no clue where what where this it thing's about be, to go. It could be presented in the form of a wrap. It could because it has been. It could and it has and it was so. awesome. Uh, all right. So then after the uh, guidestone and motions, you've got the first executive committee report. Remember they have two reports. Uh, the first one typically includes the CP budget and approval of that, and uh, the the second part is uh, more of the what's going on at the executive committee. Uh, and then uh, after that, you have the president's address. Doctor Gaines will preach that morning, and we'll have a break for lunch. The afternoon, Dave Ramsey is scheduled to appear and uh, speak. He's got a 30-minute time slot there. Uh, after Dave Ramsey is the election of officers, Amy. Yes. The, the first election of officers, uh, which would be the yes. first vote for president if we have to have more than one, which I know you be maybe thinking, well, there's only two people. There should only be one vote. Not well, exactly. First of all, there could be more than two. There could be more than that's, two. That's, that's true. That's still allowed. And then second, we have not had necessarily <laughs> a situation where we had two up for a vote and we did not reach uh, the threshold. So um, if you're not familiar with that, go back and listen to our wrap up episode from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, 2016, St. Louis. Yes. Yes. I can't. We're yeah, all, we're all still even. scratching our heads on that one. But that was the right thing. Yeah. It was the right. It's just one of those yes. weird things that you never no, expect no. to see. Yeah. But just we're scratching our heads on how that even could happen. But it did. Anyway, so that's the election of officers. The first election is always president, and we do not move to the next election until that one is completed. And so 150, I'm going to guess we'll have a big crowd in there for Dave Ramsey at 120 because everyone's getting ready for the first election at 150. Yes. So, And then the rest of the executive committee report a second election of officers, which could be a runoff or could be first vice president. And then uh, the Committee on Order of Business report, they'll talk about the motions in the morning. Then NAM report, uh, we got another opportunity for new motions. Then we have the uh, committee's reports and some more elections that afternoon. And then the resolutions report, Dr. Deucing from Midwestern right. will be there at 4.30. And they've got a 35-minute slot to uh, thank the city of uh, Dallas, I'm sure. And other things. And other resolutions. Uh, yeah. So we'll do that. And then we'll break for dinner and then come back for an evening session uh, which will include Ravi Zacharias and the International Mission Board Commissioning Service. So that right. is my favorite part of like the business part yeah. that we do. The IMB Commissioning Service, 8.30, Tuesday night. Be there for that. One of the most moving times that I, I, I mean, last year, I, half the room was in tears. It was, it was it's yes. hard to explain, but it was amazing. So don't Very miss that important. Tuesday night. Don't miss that. And if you see on Tuesday, it it begins with a committee on order of business report. That's a very brief report because the the motions that happened that afternoon, um, it's during the dinner break that the committee on order of business makes the decisions about what to do with that motions. And they have to announce them that night. Yeah. So they got to announce them in the next business session, what they're going to do, the dispensing of those motions. Right. So that's a very, very brief report at the beginning uh, of of that before we move into an evening of prayer and worship and the commissioning service. 
Um, so then we get to kind of focus in on, on that, which as you said, is really the best part, um, of the, uh, of the two days. Wednesday morning after you get your breakfast at the Southeastern Women's Leadership Breakfast, um, tickets still available featuring Jen Wilkins. where I'll get. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, you can go over, uh, we start at 8.15 again. Their reports will start a little bit later. WMU, North American Mission Board, IMB. Uh, then we have a report from the Evangelism Task Force. Remember that was appointed last year. Uh, That's that right. That report will be given. And then uh, it's going to be a busy morning for Dr. Patterson, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out it there. It really is. He's got yes. the Evangelism Task Force at 9.36, precisely on the dot. Then he has the convention yes. sermon 20 minutes later. And then after he gets yes. done with that, he's got the presentation of his seminary. So That's by, right. the, by the end of the day, like Wednesday is going to be a busy day for Dr. Patterson. He's got three events on the stage, and then he's got the seminary lunches right after that. Right. And they have an event on the campus that night. So That's right. Yeah. Wow. So it will be a, it, that will be a long day. Wow. Um, lots of responsibility. Man. All right. Well, uh, after the uh, lunch break, uh, which is typically seminary lunches, uh, I'm not sure which one we'll be going to this year. I know which one I'll be going to. I know you will. Um, yeah, it's pretty obvious which one you go to. After that, you have uh, a speaker, Jonathan Evans from the Dallas Cowboys, will be speaking in the Wednesday afternoon session. And then the uh, the most important report of them all uh, will be right after that. Um, that's the Lifeway report. Which There you go. You know, It's important to me, Amy. Uh, and then yes. uh, you've got the ERLC report after a uh, presidential panel on stewardship. So there's a life report, a presidential panel on stewardship, then the ERLC report, and then uh, we ended. It's over. Yep. There we go. Hand off to Birmingham, and then we collapse. Yep. One thing I didn't notice in this, Amy, and I, I expected it to be in this, was the report from the Discipleship Task Force. Um, the Discipleship Task Force that was formed two years ago, they were supposed to bring a report last year. They asked for an extra year. That was granted oh, yeah. to this year. Uh, that is not on here. I wonder if they will be huh. doing that elsewhere. I wonder if that will be on the CP stage instead of the main stage. So a little yeah, surprising not know. to see that on here. So I have to check on that. We need to, yeah, need to look into be. that. Um, and also for those who are just looking and notice the slots uh, for previously scheduled business, that's always in there in case. We have something we need to discuss, whether it's an extension of another report. Last year, we used that um, for the resolutions committee to come back. Or if a motion is brought that it's determined that it needs to be debated on the floor, um, then that's when we do that. So if nothing comes up that needs to be there, uh, then they will just kind of amend it and move on. Finally, Ray Van Nest has been appointed the Dean of the Union University School of Theology and Missions. Ray will take over for Dr. Nathan Finn, who's leaving Union uh, to become the provost at North Greenville University. So uh, congratulations to Dr. Van Nest. Uh, That just came in kind of late this week. Uh, Didn't make it into Baptist Press, but we got it here on the show. That'll do it for the news this week. That'll bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, so we're going to go back to 1963. I don't know that this actually happened on this week, uh, but it was reported on this week. And it was a um, it was a crusade. Uh, the Baptist New Life Movement uh, campaigns in Japan. And it was announced that a total of 10,888 decisions were made. They had 36 citywide revivals. They had 36 citywide revivals. And this was apparently a really big a really big deal. T.A. Patterson, 
who at the time was executive secretary of Texas Baptists, had really talked this up, had asked for, um, had asked for Baptists at the Texas Baptist Sunday School Conference to pray for the New Life Movement, to pray for all of these people in Japan. This was something that was very, very important to Baptists at the time. This, uh, this Baptist Press article tells some really incredible stories. It talks about uh, it talks about 355 decisions from a Baptist school for girls. It talks about um, the first decisions at a public service conducted by a, a church in, I'm, I can't say the name of the city, but this one particular church had been there 43 years. It was the first decisions at a public service, more than 100 uh, during services at a prison. Uh, another woman who had been uh, injured in the blast in Hiroshima, um, had come and pledged and, and made a decision, uh, to accept Christ and pledged to be a soul winner. Uh, it's a really, it's a really amazing, uh, story to read and to see about this sort of movement and revival in Japan is exciting for me to read because I'm headed to Japan on a mission trip this summer. Um, and we'll get to go and be doing some evangelism there as well. So reading about this was really, uh, amazing to just think, about this happening in 1963. There are some other interesting stories in this, uh, in this talking about some crusades, uh, in the Philippines, 8,201 decisions, uh, there and, uh, and a few other things. Also an interesting little story about, um, a Baptist film strip by the Southern Baptist Radio and Television Commission, uh, winning a major award. And so just the idea that there was even something for the film strips, that was kind of fun. Make film strips great again, Amy. Yes, but really cool. And like I said, there's a little bit of a personal note. I'm beginning to think about Japan and what's going on there. Um, and learning about the work that our IMB missionaries are doing there. Uh, and, uh, we were celebrating that same thing uh, in 1963 this week in SBC history. Very cool. And, uh, you know, this has been a big week in, uh, you know, kind of the, the history of Asia, I guess you could say. Oh, my goodness. Um, the, the Korean Peninsula over there with the, the meeting did you the watch, summit between the north and the south. Did you watch the footage? I did. It, it, I, watched, I'm, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how we went from I'm going to blow up the world to let's plant trees together. And, like, it's the biggest whiplash I think I've ever seen from a dictator. Like, we're yeah. gonna blow up the world. Hey, let's plant trees and have noodles together. I, it's, it, but it's, it's so weird, amazing. It's so it's fascinating weird. to watch. Yeah, I know it lot, is. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just like, what happened here? It, right. Really right. Strange. And I, I know, and I know a lot of people are kind of trying to figure that out, and everyone is being a little uh, careful as we approach this uh, because we don't know what what will happen next. But just the footage of. Him crossing that line um, and the two of them sitting down. That was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So Maybe we should book the uh, guy amazing. from uh, Sky News that uh, they had the, the kids bust in on. We can book him on the podcast. Oh, goodness. And he's getting a lot of interviews lately. Yeah, I think. he's the Korean expert uh, in like Great Britain. Yeah. I mean, or yep. the U.S. even. I, I'm not, but I mean, like he, yeah. Wow. Yep. It's amazing. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, that's fascinating to watch. I, it'd be interesting to see the IMB take on that uh, this year. So right. um, that'll be neat. But all right, um, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week, Amy, is going to be a blog post we put up this week with Dr. Aiken's 2013 sermon from the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting. He preached a convention sermon when we were in Houston on the six marks of a great commissioned Baptist. And I uh, got to reading that earlier this week, and or last week, I guess it was, and just really, really thought that was an amazing sermon. And I thought it still applies to us today. 
Uh, so I, I put that little thing together. I, so I put a post together with that and uh, the audio from that. And it just, I, I would encourage people to go read it. Go read the, the sermon. Go listen to him preach it. Uh, and, and then just can kind of consider what that means and, and what he was calling us to then, which I think he would echo the call and say that's what he's calling us to now as well. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's my resource of the week. Excellent. I remember sitting in there and listening to that sermon. I was working for Lifeway still at that time. So I was there with Lifeway. Uh, we were living here, but I was, I was still working remotely for Lifeway and was there with, uh, with you all, but, uh, sat in that room and listened to that sermon. Um, it was pretty incredible. All right. So my resource of the week is a book that is out for pre-order. So it actually doesn't come out until the fall. So I may be bringing it up again, but I wanted to put it on uh, people's radar screens because you can pre-order it through lifeway.com. Uh, and it is um, Islam and North America. Um, it's a book that is being published by B&H about loving our Muslim neighbors and the editors are Micah Freeze and Keith Whitfield. Oh, and I know those guys. Has, you know one of them really yeah, well. I do. And you're married to Keith. And uh, <laughs> that was really funny. Um, so this is a book that these guys have been working on for a little while. And uh, it's got some really uh, incredible contributors to it. Uh, I've seen um, I've seen just kind of snippets or heard things about it. As it's been going, but, uh, Bart Barber contributed a chapter. Um, Ed Stetzer has contributed a chapter. Bob Roberts, uh, a number of, a number of people, really incredible. There's a, um, Cumbies that is from, uh, from Southeastern has done presentation a few times. He's got a, something in there. It's just a, it's, it's going to be a very, very good book. Great resource. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. It's like I said, it's not out until the fall, but they're beginning to talk about it and you can, uh, you can pre-order it now. I'm looking forward to that one. So, uh, uh those two guys are good friends of mine and uh, a lot of the people that you mentioned, uh, you know, I really respect. So be fascinating to see that. So we'll be looking forward to that book later this fall. All right. Well, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week on the episode here. I want to remind everybody to uh, check out the schedule for the annual meeting. We kind of went over the highlights this week. We're going to have a big SBC preview episode coming up in just a couple of weeks uh, where we break down all the ancillary events and tell you everything that's going on, talk about Dallas and all that. So we'll have a special episode of that coming up. It'll probably be around episode 157, 158, somewhere in that range. Uh, we'll see what we we are able to get together and get that done. So I, I've been traveling quite a bit lately, and Amy's got end of the year and graduation stuff coming up at Southeastern. Yes. So a yes, lot of our busy. seminaries do, including Southern. Want to thank again, uh, thank them again for sponsoring today's episode, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>